Hey gang, it's John. Thanks for listening to our latest episode of Promo Mode. We are so happy. We are welcoming back Dave Faulkner, frontman for the Who to Gurus. I think most of you know, I hear from a lot of you that feel this way too. They're one of the greatest rock bands that have ever, ever been. So good. Well, they don't put out music as often as I wish they did. And this album that's coming out on the 11th, this Friday, Cherry of the Gods, their new one, is their first album in 12 years. So Dave comes on and we talk about what inspired a lot of these songs. It's the state of the world, honestly. It's inspiring a lot of things, for good and bad. So the first part of this conversation is really about kind of what's wrong with everything out there. And I should tell you, we did this about a month ago. And it's interesting to me that in a, a month ago, what we thought were big topics then, which were, you know, Trumpism and Spotify, remember that? And those kinds of things, vax mandates and everything. Now, with what the state of the world today and the war going on, they feel so small. It just is showing you that there's always something. And uh, Dave and the band did their very best to sort of encapsulate their thoughts on the world at that moment in this album, Chariot of the Gods. I've got a free copy I'm going to be giving away. I'll tell you more about that at the end. The first song, off, the first single off of this album is Carry On. You're listening to it right here. And I would encourage you to go watch the video because it's a beautiful tribute to the frontline workers that have been working so tirelessly over the pandemic. Also, the day before the release of the album, the 10th of March, there's a live stream. They're going to be performing the entire album live. Tickets to that are on their website, which the link is here in the show notes, okay? So anyway, he tells us all about that at the end, too. There's a lot to be had here, but I would say, as I've always said, Dave is one of the greatest songwriters that has ever lived. And these guys rock, and their new album is so good. I'm so excited for you to hear it. Okay, so first and foremost, before we get in the album, I, you guys had an, a U.S. tour plan to kick off very soon, and when it was announced, so many of my friends and listeners who know how much I love the Hoodoo Gurus alerted me to it, and it got canceled. Is it going to get yeah. rescheduled? What's the, and we had, what's the and, story? And remember the first, the first itinerary. Uh, uh, there was actually a date in Denver. Yes, and a, I know. And then that that couldn't when they rebooked the tour, they said oh, we can't do Denver now just for some reason. It didn't work. Uh-huh. So yeah, it was a nightmare. And in fact, when we cancelled that, because what happened, we 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 postponed it. Uh, it was meant to happen in 2020, mm-hmm. and um, we postponed it because our booker said, "Look, you know, don't don't cancel. You know, we have we sold a lot of tickets, and you know, we can save the tour. So a lot of venues want to you know try and work to make it happen." Right. So, so we, you know, kind of, we shouldn't have taken that advice back then. Mm. Uh, we should have just cancelled it and just said, let's wait till things are settled. But instead we postponed it, had to do that again because COVID became, you know, still an ongoing saga. And then we had to do it a third time, postpone it. And then it was supposed to happen, as you say, like in in April, May. Um, yeah. And we just got to November last year and we said, look, it's still not cool right now to come, especially for a, a band like us. We're from Australia and if we get stuck uh, with one of our party getting po- get going positive, it means that we have to go to hotel quarantine for a couple yes. of weeks. It's very expensive, plus all the shows that blow out. It's a bit of a, a you know logistical nightmare as well as yeah. a, obviously the health issues that are separate again. But yeah. we just didn't want to take a gamble that we could just go there and just end up with a huge black hole in our budget and not right. even do the tour, you know. Right. So um, we we are just and and we, what we said to ourselves was you know if we if we'd said right now in November 
that we want a tour in six months. Would we book that tour right now, given what we know is happening? And we said, no, we can't honestly say that it's safe yet to come yeah. and do a tour. Yeah. So we're just going to, you know, wait till the coast is clear. Hopefully that's going to be, you know, this next, you know, first half of this year, hopefully we'll sort this, this thing out and we can all have, you know, the new treatments that are coming on stream yes. and that we can actually start to plan our lives with a little more, more uh, freedom. And uh, I, uh, then get the damn tour back on, and and yeah. maybe come to a lot more places as well. Yeah, I yeah, I'm so, I'm so I'm so over all of this, and yeah. I purposely haven't been buying concert tickets, including yours, for this very reason. I've just been waiting, and let's make sure it happens. And if I have to pay a markup for you know from a scalper, yeah. I'll do it. And for you guys, I was going to travel if I had to because I've never seen the Hoodoo Gurus, and I'm a wow. huge fan. And so um, anyway, I just. I'm so longing for all of this to get back together. And in fact, your the new album, one of my <laughs> one of the songs I'm most excited to talk about is uh Hung Out to Dry. I don't want you back. I don't want none of that. Even help you back. Slam the door. That is that. I see through your act. And opposites don't attract. Better face the fact. You speak my political language so well <laughs> in that song. Yeah, yeah, that's only on the vinyl version of the album, by the I way. I know, but uh, it needs so to be I, on the regular version. But whatever I it know, is, I, I, I'm I got regret, it, and I'm, it's great. <laughs> I'm regretting it because I, I wish we'd put it on the album now because I'm thinking, like, you know, we we often make that mistake. We, we put songs on B-sides and, you know, we have different versions of the album, particularly uh, an album called Max Shell where we had almost, yep. you know, like four songs changed, you know, three songs Definitely. went off and four went on in the US. And and there are other songs that didn't even make it to anywhere to either version that we've now put as a deluxe version that's on uh, streaming. Um, but yeah, so we do make those miscalculations. And I think probably Hung Out the Rice should have still been on the record. We, we kind of hoped, to be honest, because I'll explain to anyone that doesn't know the listeners, um, it's, it's our take on a certain ex-president that uh, claims to still be president. And basically, I, I did it more as a personal uh, in diatribe where I'm to, uh, it's actually like I'm talking face-to-face with this person and, and telling him what I think of them. And uh, it's not very much uh, that you want to print. Same here. Really. Um, so, so um, and, you know, and in fact, I was hoping that this character would be uh, ancient history at this point. And yeah. uh, so that's why I didn't put on the record. We thought we don't want that stain of that, uh, that person, you know, that shadow. <laughs> But but at the same time, it's a good song. You know, music is a great song. Yeah, you know, so it should it should be on the record. But we were kind of sadly the content kind of made us maybe make a poor decision there because we thought, nah, let's not talk about him anymore. No, that makes sense. And I and I'm with you. I I I would give anything to make 
him and that whole stain just go away. And it, that's yeah. what the connective tissue to what we were just talking about. I was thinking about all the people who in our country anyway, I don't know what it's like over there, but all the people who are criticizing and angry and angry at the current administration for not handling COVID better <laughs> are the same people who refuse to cooperate to make uh, it better. And there are know, people who loved this orange shit stain that we just got rid of. <laughs> won't go away. I know. Look, it's, it's you know, you, you're asking for uh, rationality in something that's basically cognitive dissonance. It's not possible, yes. you know, and, and we've seen it play out so many times, you know, um, uh, so uh, yeah, I don't want to go into the you know specifics but but yes, it's it's you know it's, I think it's, I think who it was I think it's uh, the scientist I forget his name I, I should should know it who said you know positions that aren't reached uh, by rational argument can't be gainsaid by rational argument either. So you can't convince people out of their irrational views with rationality. This ain't going to work. I know. I know. I uh, I just wanted to commend you for putting my thoughts and so many people's thoughts into words on that. There, so anyway, there weren't, enough, there, weren't, there weren't enough songs about it, by the way. I mean, you know, uh, there weren't. There, you know, um, I, I think. Uh, let me think. There's there very few. We thought there'd be a lot more. Yeah. You know, because Punk Rock, for example, you know, there was a protest movement, and we came up out of that time. I mean, you know, I, I sort of Punk Rock more as a musical protest, like a right. you know, I love the, the energy of it musically. But right. there was a political side to it. There's a lot of the songs of the Clash, people like that. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and I thought, and that, that's a still a strain in, in, you know, alternative music. But it seemed like a lot of people went, you know, were silent or didn't know how to express their their feelings, you know, it's or true. were afraid to, you know. And and we felt, well, you know, we're old, we don't care, we'll say what we think. <laughs> Good. <That's, laughs> we I no can't make sense of it either, Dave. I mean, we're in times now that should that should bring up a whole generation of punk rock anthems or, or damn the man, you know, defiance. And instead, yeah. if anything, we get crap from uh, like Eric Clapton and Van Morrison oh. spewing the opposite. Uh, it's like, uh, where are spirits. the same people going to, you know, where are those uh, people? They're not here, but that's why thank well, you for this. Well, thank you to, to also to Neil Young and to Johnny Mitchell yes. right now for, yes. uh, you know, for having, making a very strong statement against the, the misinformation going on. Yes. On Spotify, you know that. Yeah. I'm I'm a fan of uh, of, of uh, there's a podcast I watch called This Week in Virology, and mm. and uh, you know so I'm very up to date. I think on uh, what's happening with uh, the virus, and mm -hmm. and uh, it's very horrible to see you know these these quacks and and yes. and you know charlatans basically yes. given the time of day okay. when they are clearly spouting complete bullshit. Yes. But you know the gullible will it sounds scientific to people that don't know better. And, you know, and someone like Joe Rogan ought to fucking know better. And it's just a fucking disgrace that he's it allowed to, to spread this shit. It is. It is. And to go, and I mean, it's a, it's happening. People want to rail against cancel culture that it's just not right, yeah. but it's really, it's consequence culture. If you're going to do stupid things and you're going to affect the lives negatively of other people, and then you deserve to pay the consequences for that. Look, it's bad behavior. We've seen cancel culture being played by both sides of politics. I mean, it's it's a it's a complete uh, misrepresentation to say that it's only left leaning people that are canceling right leaning people. Yes. It's not true. There's been no. the exact opposite has played out many times, and we've seen it. Uh, I'm against censorship, but I'm certainly I agree with you that consequences are. You know, if I speak out and people hate my band, fine. You know, I don't I don't have a problem with that. Cancel us. That's great. Right. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you have every right to do so. It's mm-hmm. cancelling is, is a stupid word. It's, it's mm-hmm. you know, because you, you, you don't change it. Joe Rogan's still going to be there. Mm-hmm. And I hope that some people will actually kind of be a little bit more aware that perhaps it's not necessarily as, uh, you know, as clear and, and yes, evident. informed. You know, that they might question if someone else thinks that there's actually something wrong or maybe I should think about this. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, so, but there's no cancelling going on. It's just saying I'm not going to support you. I mean, I don't give Rupert Murdoch any money if I can help it, you know. so. Exactly. I don't subscribe to any newspapers. I don't. It's, it's pay TV over here in Australia. It's the, the biggest network. So I, I don't, you know, because I literally loathe the man and what he stands for and, and his empire. So I'm trying not to feed that empire. That's all. Okay. That's not cancelling it. It's just not contributing to it. That's true. That's true. I didn't expect this to go down such a political road. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah. That's but all right. That's okay. Because <laughs> uh, I'm with you on everything you're saying. Speaking of which, uh, my question to you is, would Chariot of the Gods exist without COVID? And the reason I say that is because, uh, again, you, as I've stated before, I'm a gigantic Hoodoo Gurus fan, and you guys don't put out music very often. Now, we so- had a problem. Yeah, we had a problem leading up to this one because we were in a bit of a quandary for many years, actually, because um, Mark, our drummer, uh, of since our second album and, you know, crucial part of, the, of our career. He's, he's, he's enormous in, in, in influence on our sound and, and the, the unity of the band, the way we feel as a, as a unit. He was basically trying to retire for a very long time and we didn't know it at first. It took a few years for it to become obvious. Mm-hmm. So there was a sort of period where you just seemed to be, he would be saying no to gigs and, you know, just only wanted to do the kind of more high-profile shows that were a bit more comfortable sure. <laughs> you know like big festivals yeah. things like that where you don't necessarily play as long you have better facilities and it's less so like you're getting in and out of you know vehicles and you know hotels every day you know it's kind of like uh cherry picking the, the show so right. that's going on for a long time and and at the same time we couldn't really see a way of having the band go without uh, you know to exist without mark you know he was there was so we, we were such a united you know we, we are a unit so it took a long time for that to play out and eventually, you know, we had to accept that Mark was retiring and we realised, in fact, that part of that was he didn't want to do a new record as well because that would mean more gigs that he didn't want to do. Right. So it all came together at pretty much the same time. So we had to think about whether we wanted to continue. Mm-hmm. Could we even exist without Mark Kingsmore because he'd become so intrinsic to what we were about? And luckily, you know, we tried Nick out once uh, for, for about 18 months. Then Mark came back out of retirement for about 12 or 10 months. And we were happy to help have him back because we felt like ourselves again. Mm-hmm. And we hadn't quite settled in with Nick on that previous 18 months, you know. And, and, and then we, when Mark left again, we had to, again, like really confront the issue. Do we want to continue? And who's there? And we tried a lot of different drummers out and none of them fit except Nick. Nick actually, this second time around, was the charm. And, and so then it became, you know, like in the end of 2019, I was finally so sick of um, not having a new record out and we'd been playing with Nick for a couple of years at this point then. It's like, okay, let's see what we can do together and um, not just do the old stuff that you know how to play from here in the records, but let's see what we can create. And um, we went in and did answered prayers in the end of 2019. It was a difficult time And I was in the right place Your boyfriend was suicidal And you were looking vulnerable I took you for a spin I charged you on for size I knew you'd fall for me 
And as a song, that's, that also was a bit of a watershed moment for me as well um, because it's, um, it's a very dark song about an emotionally, emotionally abusive person mm. who's the protagonist singing the song. And it's very ugly lyrically and uh, it's an awful situation that I'm describing and, it's, and I'm, I'm not taking any, you know, I, I'm not explaining that to the listener. Right. I'm not just hoping they can trust the fact that I'm not supporting this person's viewpoint. Sure. I'm just expressing it mm-hmm. to expl- to show what they think like. So so you, in a sense, can, uh, pre- you know, uh, not be prey to that if you mm-hmm. can encounter that sort of same sort of thinking, in, you know, in, in a partner or in a friendship. Anyway, but, I, you know, so so as a song, when I wrote the lyrics, I was kind of shocked by them because they're so ugly and the story is really, yeah, mm-hmm. quite dark. And, and so that was really, I mean, as a songwriter, I was really excited by that because... Mm-hmm. It is just, you know, words on paper and, you know, just singing notes. But there was power there that I just thought, yeah. well, God, you know, there's, there's still some uh, ammunition in this, this uh, you know, mm-hmm. in this arsenal that I've got, you know. Yes. So, so, um, so that, that was an important moment for me as a songwriter as well as um, for us as a band playing with Nick and recording it mm-hmm. and that, you know, getting the result that we did because it was such a – it also – was very hoodoo gurus, but also was a kind of a wrinkle on what we do. Yeah. You know, it, it was not it not the same as, but in in keeping with, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's what the, I think the whole album is like that for us. We that's what we want, you know, when we make yes. a record. We want we want to we're not trying to reinvent the wheel, but at the same time we certainly don't want to go on the old, you know, <laughs> used worn out tires, you know, and right. then goes right. off the into the ditch. Yes. I'll, let me use that milk that metaphor as far as I can. Um, <laughs> So, uh, so, so in fact, to answer your question, eventually, I'm so sorry it took so long. No, this is uh, great. We had no knowledge of COVID when we started that re- okay. recording, and in fact, we were getting ready to go back in. Now, okay, let's make another single. We just we'd already decided we want to make the next record as a series of singles, mm. and then finish it off, um, just as we had with our very first album. That was how that was made because at the time we were unknown, and so you make singles and do a tour to get more well known, and eventually, mm-hmm. there's enough of a market. The record company says you can do an album now and release it. So that's how that happened. And so we're thinking, in a way, it's like a reboot of the band. Got with it. Nick. And secondly, um, with the way digital uh, streaming and so forth works anyway, the idea to release singles after once the album is out is almost redundant now because the, they won't put you on any playlist because the album's sure. already out. They say if people have heard it. They can yeah. get it here. Why would we put it on this featured list? Yeah. There's nothing new about that. So right. that's a that's a that's a little idiosyncrasy about modern uh, you know music. So COVID only affected the album in this much that when we went to go do some more singles and, and in fact uh, carry on and get out of dodge if we were in rehearsal, we'd written those those two songs would be the next ones we came up with in rehearsal. We suddenly were confronted by the first wave of COVID, and we had this is in you know March uh, uh, of, of 2020. And we weren't allowed to, we had a shutdown in Australia because we took a very strong stance early on um, as a country. And we weren't allowed to see each other for three months. We couldn't be in the room together. We There was a five kilometre um, radius we were allowed, we could travel. That The studio was outside of that. 
So it literally was impossible for us to work and we would only communicate via Zoom. Yeah. And, and of course, we also didn't know. There were no vaccines. We were thinking, will we all die? What's going I to know. happen? We've got, we've got to hide in our houses until, yeah. we, until we can figure out what's going on. Right. And uh, so that sort of put a big stop to things. And, uh, and we worked. And, but then, of course, live shows, of course, completely off the agenda. As it happened, we'd already planned on having a quiet year so we could make an album. Good. You know, so it actually kept us amused. But uh, COVID affected the album only circumstantially, not, in, not artistically. Though you got to okay. say, it must have affected some of the, some of sure. the well, some of the content, yeah, inspiration for the songs. The the reason I'm uh, one of the things that I'm I'm curious about, and and the reason I'm asking is because at this stage, when Hoodoo Guru albums become are so you know few and far between, when you make an album like this, do you ever go into it? I mean, thinking this could be the last one. This 100%. could be the last statement that I, as a hoodoo guru, make to this to this world. Oh yeah, I can I can point to songs at various points throughout our whole catalog. Really, you know, over time, over time, that have that feeling about them. Yeah, there's a song on uh, on Crank called "The Mountain," uh-huh. which is is all about you know stop talking, start walking, do something more than moving your mouth. That was yeah. in a sense of like a final statement. That was the last thing I ever like, said in a hoodoo guru's record. Yeah. Uh, like as in, you know, if you're not happy, get the hell out. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, which, you know, various times I have been unhappy, you know, and then the band sure. did break up for six months, six years. Uh, I wasn't unhappy with the band. It was just that I'm going, what else am I going to do with my life? Is this it? And so you have these, you know, we all go through these things, you know, you want to change your job or your circumstances, you know, midlife crisis, whatever you want to call yep. it. And I've certainly had many of those <laughs> from song to song. But every album we've, we've always made thinking this is the album. And yeah. that's it. That's all we'll say. The first album was like, we're lucky to make a record. Let's do it. The best of our ability. And you get, you finish that record and suddenly you realise, well, actually we're touring the people still, they're making that record popular and we've actually got more opportunity to, to work and we can do another record. So we do one. But again, never thinking past it. Yeah. And that's always been true and it's always will be true. But this probably is the last one I would think you'd have to say, you know, I mean, we're in our 60s now. Yeah. And, um, you know, just how much more, you know, we can't wait 12 years. I can tell you that much. But, uh, you know, I'm not planning on doing another record. I can tell you that. I mean, you know, but if time comes that, you know, two or three years' time, I'm going, well, I've got some songs and we're still playing gigs and let's do a Guru's record. Yeah. Well, I won't say it can't happen, but for odds are okay. getting, getting more and more obvious that, you know, this could be it. Well, that's, that's what I'm wondering because... As someone who pays close attention to everything you do, there is no dip in quality as these albums go on. Purity of Essence was great. This one is great. So my thinking is, I mean, maybe you may feel that way. Maybe you as a 60-something-year-old person, if you wait another 12 years, might think, I just <laughs> don't have it anymore. I don't know. <laughs> but as an outsider who loves you, and I hear this, and I think there is no... I'm getting everything I want from a Hoodoo Guru album consistently, even though those albums are fewer and farther between. If they want to do this again in five years, let's hope they do because it's still good. It holds up. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Well, look, one thing I'm really proud of on this record is my voice. I'm singing some pretty high notes on there. And it doesn't sound like an old voice that's that's losing its its timber or whatever. You know, it's, um, you know, a song like um, My Imaginary Friend.
It's really yeah. quite uplifting, um, you know, in, in range and, and other places as well. So that, you know, I still, I still got the chops. I'm happy with that, you know. And as a songwriter, I feel pretty, as I say, like Nancy Prez, I was talking about feeling like there's still yes. arrows in the quiver, you know, that, yes. that I can, and I haven't played out that way either. So, and as a band, I agree, you know, like, you know, Nick has given us a new lease on life, really, because... Mm -hmm. Because uh, his style is different to Mark's and to James's, a first drummer, and and um, you know it's given us a new perspective. And, and and as a writer, the songs sound different with Nick, and so that's bringing out a character in my writing that that uh, is unexpected to me as well. Mm. Um, because it sense. is, you know, you, you you write a song and you go into the rehearsal room and it comes becomes a Hoodoo Guru song. When I write yeah. it's a day four song, but it becomes a Hoodoo Guru song, and and. Sometimes that process is a little fraught because it doesn't sound like the way I think it should and the song doesn't work as well as I hoped. Other times the song just grows in stature and, and strength beyond what I could have imagined. Yeah. And, you know, like Nick is part of that and his, yeah. his style of his drumming is therefore, so some songs are working in ways that surprise me and, and, and yeah, excite me. Yeah. I want to ask about a couple in particular. One, uh, Got to Get You Out of My Life, yeah. Uh, to me, sounds like the Velvet Underground. You're holding court in the cocktail bar. Tell all the world just how great you are. Take center stage like a superstar. You've done it all, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. Your endless stories are just too much They all involve meeting such and such You must excuse me if I lose touch You can't include me out Yes, I'm out Got to get you out of my life You are not my lover You can't be my wife Afraid to turn my back you're holding a knife that's not right we better say good night we had a friendship that went way back but i got oh, okay. if you don't think that there's something wrong okay <laughs> well, so overtly overtly velvet underground okay <laughs> that's what i i'm like you see i I, I think we all love Velvet Underground here, is, and I, yes, that's what I'm hearing very strongly. Okay, good, good. So was yeah, that so, like a blatant homage? What was the inspiration? It's a blatant there? homage. It's like everything. Like you look at look at my girl on our first album. It's a blatant homage to '60s pop, you know. Right. Uh, and but 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 my my thinking always when doing this is to make it real and make it us doing it, not that it's good only because it sounds like that. It should oh. be a good song, and then. The fact that it's like that isn't a hindrance, mm -hmm. and in fact, it adds 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 some some texture to it rather than becomes the only story. So, so got to get you out of my life. Yeah, it was it was deliberately, you know, there's a little bit Lou Reed solo, a little bit Velvet Underground, you know, the group, and then then it's Hoodoo Gurus on top of that, you know, or through yeah. that, that filter yeah. or that that you know we're we're indulging in a bit of fanboy 
course. Uh, behavior. <laughs> Similarly, <laughs> and, and know, I love it. it. You know, I, I never got to see the Velvet Underground, so I get to play them a little bit in yeah. my mind. But but yes. musically, you know, it was also I was, you know, learning from a master a little bit, like because I, you know, Lou shaped me as a writer too. You know, because I'm a huge fan, and and so I'm in the lyrics of that song. I'm I'm playing. I'm doing a little bit of Lou Reed style uh, lyrics lyricizing, where I'm, you know, the line about uh, you can't be my love, you can't be my wife. Mm-hmm. It's like a very Lou Reed, super, super banal, obvious rhyme. Yes. And I, yes. And, but it's right. So yeah. so it's a thing of like going, I don't have to be super complicated and poetic and, you know, show that, you know, give you a rhyme you don't expect. I'm going right. to do the, the rhyme you most expect right. and, 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 and have it work. And that's yes. a Lou Reed thing for me. Yes. That's one of the things I like about some of his writing. Obviously, he's a, he did the exact opposite of that a lot as well. But he could sing a very simple phrase and, and you know but it made it but it was he imbued it with with honesty yes. rather yes. than with the, that's the it cliche. that's it similarly was i supposed to care sounds a lot like aerosmith's dream on now you're alone you should have known it might turn out this way but hold the phone Cause nothing's set in stone The skies are looking grey But it's just another day And, uh, oh, I never thought that. I'm glad oh, to have really? that. Oh, really? That's even oh, no, more, no. That's just as obvious to me as the Velvet Underground one. Well, I, I mean, you were just of... having fun. No, no, I didn't. So, no, no. Um, uh, it, it is, I guess, no. Uh, but, gee, I'll take that. I have to go back and listen to that right now. I'm Great. Brad's more of an Aerosmith fan than I. Oh, uh, okay. I'm a fan, but Brad's uh-huh. a huge fan. Uh-huh. Um, uh, but, uh, no, that wasn't overt. Uh, but oh. that was that was more, um, I, I sort of thought, I mean, and if you think about Aerosmith, it's probably where they got it from too. Is to me, it was a little Beatlesque. Um, oh yeah, okay. So, so maybe it didn't come out quite as as much as I'd probably hoped. You know, that people might see it as, as clearly as you can uh, with, the, uh-huh. uh, with the the Velvets thing on the other one. But I see this sort of Beatlesque ballad, and and uh, lyrically, I was uh, it's it's me a little bit. Um, maybe preachy, which is a shame. You know, I don't like to do that, but it's, a, it's slightly preachy in the sense I'm, I'm trying to encourage people who are having a pretty tough time mm-hmm. to, um, to move past it and, and, and to not get caught up in, the, you know, in particular like a, just a, a, a relationship that has that's sure. run its course. And I'm yeah. trying to sort of basically encourage someone to not hold on to the, to the, the negativity of that and to maybe see a, a way out through that. While still owning their own pain and, and suffering, and not, not minimizing that, but I'm trying to just basically say, you know, we all go through this, and you'll get through it. You know, and that's, yeah. that's it. So it's a little bit slight, slight homily, I'm afraid, but you know, I just want to say this to oh, people. Oh, so it's, good. You know, I mean, there, there's a lot of you know, male suicide is a is, a, is an epidemic. In a, in, you know, it's 
I mean, especially nowadays like with the mental health issues we're all going yeah. through right I now. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously, you know, it's female suicide too, but for some reason, men are three times more successful at doing it than women. Mm-hmm. And there's none. It's not discussed very often because male fragility is, is is a thing that, as men, we don't like to address mm-hmm. with each other or to or to ourselves even. So, and I am mainly speaking to to men here, um, you know, who are, who may have you know had a come to a crossroads in, in their in their relationship and, and are feeling pretty bad. And I'm, right. I'm hoping to kind of offer out a, as I say, a little insight into, into what they're going right. through without, without trying to um, minimize it. I love it. But lastly, my favorite song on the album is, this, is the uh, title track, Chariot of the Gods. nature it's five beautiful minutes of you know you. overpowering goodness what was the what was the inspiration for that one um that's a, a complete parable that song it's, a, it's a, i'm trying to clue in people that may be less empathetic towards the, the uh situation with the uh, indigenous cultures and what they've suffered at the hands of uh, european colonization so it's a quite a, it's actually a political song, but it's hopefully hopefully under the you know under the radar because it is. So I, I dress it up as a as a you know a science fiction uh, horror story. Um, uh, hopefully uh, the horror is there that people feel a bit of like it's not comfortable. It's not just a you know a uh, happy funny fantasy, mm-hmm. um, but it's you know it's actually um, uh, you know quite an awful thing. A drug, you know like a, a, an adventure or you know thriller or something. I don't know. Yeah, so basically it's a parable for what, you know, what happens when uh, a, a culture is confronted by a superior technology that is overwhelming power and, and you cannot, cannot fight against it, you know, yeah. such as we're faced by the Aboriginal people in Australia when Europeans landed here with cannons and muskets. Yeah. And, you know, it's great to, you know, no matter how strong a culture is, you can't defeat superior weaponry and, you know, and, and a malevolent, uh, you know, invader that doesn't really have any concern for your culture survival right and that's what happened all over the world and you know and i i i do um provide a, a specific clue in the lyrics when i mentioned guns gems and steel which is a mm. a book that came out some years ago about that very thing mm. so by explaining it now maybe i'm giving away too much but i you know I, at the same time i do want people to you know kind of make that connection uh, i love I it hope that, yeah so so but i, I was as i say because obviously you know many deck generations removed from some of these events it can be hard to relate and we can sometimes think, well, why should I feel guilty about something that I never had anything to do with, you know, and I just have to be here. But we have to, you know, as happened with South Africa with apartheid, the first way to heal is to also acknowledge exactly. what happened and, and to accept that that injustice has occurred and not to pretend that, that it was no. just just fate. You know, there, it mean, was more than fate. It was, exactly. It was, 
So we're talking so I'm about trying to get. Obviously, it's in our country we're dealing with the critical race theory issue as yes. well, and it's you know it's a bunch of white people afraid of feeling guilty. Well, that's we've been we've been teaching history from our side for hundreds of years. All we're asking yeah. is that one of the other people, one of the other groups of or nationalities involved included in our history gets to have a bigger say in how this story goes. It's yeah, it's no threat to you. Like get over it, you know? Anyway. I know, I know. I know. I mean, obviously there's 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 overreach in some areas as well. Sure. You know, we know oh, that, right. you know, when when you start saying that you shouldn't teach mathematics correctly because no. it's, it's 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 racist. It's like, well, you know, they, they, we still, I have heard that, you know, so oh, there are some man. far out things that come in with this, you know, that can come in yeah. at the same time as these very progressive, correct ideas. Yes. Um, there can be some backward ideas that, that are yes. pandering to actually racist tropes, really. Right. Um, in a weird way, a reverse racism way. But anyway, so, yes, it's a, it's a fraught subject. But, yes, I totally agree with you 100%. Yes. And, you know, in our case, uh, you know, I, I mean, like I read a book many years ago, um, which is a classic uh, about these things, which is very my heart at Wounded Knee. Yes. About the American Indians. And, you know, we need to have that book written about Australian history. Um, mm. There isn't one because, unfortunately, a lot of the words of the original, uh, you know, the Australians um, were not recorded, unlike in America with the treaties negotiation, the US Army wrote down the words of the chiefs mm. and they're translated and, they, and we can read them today and hear exactly what they were feeling and what and 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 learn. Yeah, from their from their experiences and feel what they were suffering. It was an incredible book, and I recommend it to anyone that hasn't read it. You know, it's yes. amazing. It's a so, uh, but so so yeah. There's a huge gap in Australian history as well for the same reason yeah. as you just mentioned, and and uh, and of course we know in you know Brazil, you know with the Indians there, or, you know all over the world. Yes. But uh, yeah, so Chariot of the Gods is is a lighthearted song that appears, you know, about a sci-fi story, but. It's actually hopefully trying to bridge that that emotional gap, but that people don't connect uh, to actually this being, you know, how it would feel to be yeah. in that situation. And yeah. you know, I can I put it. I'm putting it in a modern context, so so modern people can hopefully relate to it. I love it, and uh, I'm. It's so interesting talking about the the spark for these songs because I'm not a big lyric guy. I mean, I might pick up on it, but mostly I'm just basking in the vibe and the feeling and the, you know, the poppiness of a Huda Guru song to go back and re-listen to these through the eye that you've just explained is going to add so much more depth. Well, Get Out of Dodge, for example, that's a, one of the most poppy songs on the record. And, you know, yes. and it's us, you know, we're talking about other influences. Well, this is me indulging in my I Wish I Was Brian Wilson fantasy.
you know, and Sunshine Pop or whatever. I mean, obviously, I, no one can be Brian Wilson, but it's just, you know, it's just my, as I say, trying to do a song like the sort of songs that inspire me. And, yes. and, and, uh, but then lyrically, it's still, it's, it's plugged into right now. It's not about, you know, a 60s halcyon dream, you know, it's, it's about the polar, polarization of politics and, 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 and opinion these days where people just get self fulfilling, you know, information that, just, yes. that, and never get any sort of counter views. So yeah. the song's about if you're confronted by that, do you, can you, can you be king? Can you turn back the tide? Well, probably not in some cases. You need to find a safe space where you can at least be yourself yeah. and not feel like your world's going to jump on you for yeah. thinking differently to them. And so that's a, that's a modern story, but it's written in this art, you know, this, this sort of old Western trope. So I play with, you know, genres and, and musically and lyrically, but again, to sort of say something that feels for me like right now. It's great. Um, okay, before we go, tell us about the live stream. This album comes yeah. out, is it, the album comes out on March 11th and the stream is the 10th or is it the 12th and the 11th? Uh, well, for you, for us, it's the 12th. No, it's actually That's the right. 11th. Friday the 11th, the album comes out. That's it. Uh, and the live stream is on the, the night before. And basically right. what we're doing, we are actually going to, film the, the live recording uh, in the studio. We There's one online right now. You can see we're actually going to the same studio. We did oh, uh, cool. half a dozen songs for Radio Station a couple of years ago, Triple M. It's actually on our YouTube channel. But um, we're going to the same studio because it's actually run by our, star, our sound man and uh, tour manager. And um, we'll just set up there live and just play, play all the songs from the album live for the first time for many people that will hear those songs, um, nice. which is a bit of a, a nice thing for us because – you know, it, it's it's a gamble because people might say, well, that doesn't sound so great. It sounds like kind of an average song, you know, when you hear it without all the trickery. But right. we don't think so. We think that we can hold our own. And we've always been a very, you know, live-based band. And the songs, they're written that way, you know, as I said, explained by, you know, describing how the, song, the album's been recorded. We actually go in the studio, the rehearsal studio, and when they sound right to us, then we know, let's record that one. Good. So it's not like they are actually artificially recorded, created songs sure. in, a, in a sense, you know, tricked up with production. So um, we're quite confident we'll pull them off. But, yeah, so basically it's going to be delayed telecast, uh, geo-locked to wherever, wherever you might be in the world. So uh, it'll be 8 p.m. in Sydney on the, the 10th mm -hmm. and then 8 p.m. in Western Australia. on the. Uh, so for me it's 11 o'clock in Sydney. Mm -hmm. Then in London, 8 p.m. for them on the 10th. And for, and for you on the East Coast, 10 p.m., 8 p.m. And then the West Coast, 8 p.m. So right. the Midwest, Perfect. you'll have to adjust, you know, mountain time. But um, basically, and I'm going to be online as well uh, doing Q&As while it's running. If people want to say, what's this song? What's, you know, what the hell were you talking yeah. about? So I'll be doing that. So I will Excellent. be live on, online, but the band will have done it once and just replayed Excellent. it for everyone. Excellent. Well, uh, we're going to put a link to the band's website in the description of this show so people can hop on there they can get more information on the live stream which i think is 10 bucks which is totally yeah. reasonable to watch a live stream of one of the best bands ever and um the album comes out the next day dave I, is, is it, so, so I was just gonna say the double vinyl album has hung up the dry plus two other songs on it Yes. And uh, the digital and the cd of the, the 14 song version so um it's uh, uh it's fantastic. I, I could not love you more. Dave, I think you're one of the greatest, most gifted songwriters that have ever been. And I've been saying that since I was a teenager. And so thank you for talking with me because uh, it doesn't get much better than what you put into this world. Thank you. Thank you you and your band, I should say. Very kind of you. Thank you, sir. 
All right, there you have it, Dave Faulkner. These guys are one of the best bands that has ever been. I don't know what everyone's experience is with the Hoodoo Gurus. I don't know if they're more specifically an Australian thing. I heard them a lot on alternative radio in the 80s and 90s, so I feel like I grew up with them, but I don't know what other people's experience is. So if you're fairly new to the band, now you have so much goodness to discover. I have a free copy of Chariot of the Gods I'm going to be giving away to a Patreon supporter. We're giving away a lot of stuff these days. So if you're not signed up for the Tier 1, it's $2 a month, do it and you'll be in the running to win any swag like this. I'm going to draw a winner later. I will be posting a trivia question, that's how this is done, on the Patreon page. And if you can, if you answer it, you'll be in the running to be picked as the random winner for the CD. Also, the, the live stream that's happening the day before, Thursday the 10th, uh, hop on their website. The link is right here. You can buy tickets to that. I'm going to be watching that as well. I don't want to miss it. Anyway, huge thanks to Dave for uh, talking with me. And I just got to give a quick shout out. This was arranged by a publicist by the name of Carrie Baker. Carrie has been in the business for 42 years. He and I have worked together on about three or four other things as well. Uh, not, as me- not as much as I would like, but he's a good man. And he just announced that he's retiring. So Carrie, if you're listening, I want to say thank you for everything that you've done. I know your artist would thank you as well. You've worked tires- tirelessly for 42 years. Thank you for setting this up. All right. Thanks, everybody. We love you.